Hashtag SFMBTH. It is 10 minutes before 4 o'clock. We're taking your voice notes on 0614104107. Your tweets at Aldrin St. Pierre, and you can give me a call on 086002032. We'll take those calls and voice notes just after this conversation with Zwenin Zimavavi, General Secretary of SAFTU. So according to the latest Bloomberg Billionaires Index, three more South Africans have made it to the world's richest 500 list, and that's besides Elon Musk. Um, these are Johan Rupert, listed at 250, Niki Oppenheimer, 235, um, and on the list is also Nati Kish, who is listed at 257. But should we be celebrating this, given the country's high unemployment rate and extreme poverty levels? Well, I need to What's run. your take on it? For more on this, is Lindsay Mavavi now joining us on the line. Uh, Mr. Vavi, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. So what do you make of um, Niki, Nati? as well as uh, Johan Rupert making onto the list again? Well, firstly, no one can be surprised about the fact that uh, three super-rich South Africans are now into the list of the well-beaters when it comes to wealth uh, concentration. And uh, look, we are being told every day by the system that we must uh, aspire to be like them and that uh, the government must limit its role into limiting its, uh, rather limiting its role into creating an environment that will allow more multi-billionaires to prosper, and that the government must reduce, must reduce taxes and uh, must uh, uh, do away with the protection of environment, labor standards, and uh, must cut its expenditure even on the social areas that are benefiting the poor, including public education, uh, health uh, care, uh, as well as even uh, uh, security. And we are told that once we do this perfectly in line with what the IMF, World Bank, and the rating agency rule book, then we must celebrate those that uh, will squeeze through into the multi-billionaire class. The reality of South Africa, however, is different. Is that whilst we will see the three South Africans getting into that top, top rich uh, list, we are not forgetting that uh, South Africa remains the most uh, unequal society in the whole world. That, that title we hold, we hold the second title of having the worst youth unemployment in the entire world. And thirdly, mm -hmm. We hold the list of being the most uh, uh, industrializing country that have so much rates of unemployment. And as a fourth list, we are the first at uh, most of the time, the second uh, country with so much corrupt elite uh, in, the, in the corporates, according to the PwC. So unfortunately, that's the reality of South Africa. 10% of the country's uh, rich people occupies 90% of the wealth, meaning that 90% of the population must share only 10% of the wealth. And this is what we normally say is a ticking time bomb. It's unsustainable, and that government has been duped into believing this. Unfortunately, the ANC is now uh, one of the best uh, players in terms of uh, creating that environment. And yet the results continue to show that this mm -hmm. system 
is designed to let uh, millions of the people behind whilst uh, only one, two, three are celebrating the riches that yeah. are accumulated at the expense of the majority. I think the other part around this conversation is also the difficulty around um, wealth creation and specifically when we speak about um, the indigenous black people. Like for instance, if you look at Nikki Oppenheimer's wealth uh, concentration, most of the stakes coming from De Beers and also uh, mining company, company Anglo-American. So, and we're celebrating Heritage Month. But the minerals of this country is part of, of our heritage, but we don't all get to benefit from this heritage, whether it is the minerals that we're speaking of or whether it is the crops that are being grown on the soil that we have in this country. What conversation then should be had about the heritage and the minerals and resources that we have inherited as black South Africans? Look, this is what we should know ourselves uh, about uh, we are the in exporters of the raw minerals and uh, that are remaining what makes South Africa what we call a, a, a semi-colonial uh, country uh, whose main activities remains the extraction of these minerals. And we send them raw, most of them. We do not beneficiate here at home. We do not build the secondary industries. We have no value chain that we can boast of. And as a result of that, you only see what makes the generations of the Oppenheimer family so rich by looking at the disaster unfolding in Kimberley, one of the most crime-ridden society in our country where the alcohol abuse makes even the unborn child to be the victims of a saturation by alcohol whilst they're still in the wombs of their mothers. Look at the unfolding disaster in, in, in Caldonville, in, uh, in Orkney, and, uh, and uh, in many other former mining industries. Look at what is happening around here in Gauteng, uh, when you look at the West Rand, the East Rand, and even look at the, at the, at the, at the trekking houses, not just here in Caldonville, but also increasingly at Egurulin. That's the, that's the legacy. This is what have created that pole of very, very rich South Africans against another pole of very, very poor majority who God put them in this continent and with these minerals under the soil only for some colonialists to arrive and to extract them overseas. That, what then we do in contrast is that we importers of these uh, macroeconomic policies that uh, are all designed in New York and, and Washington and then imposed through a, a structural adjustment programs of the IMF World Bank and increasingly the rating agencies. What do we import? We tell each other that if we cut taxes, uh, we will see many of us becoming multi-billionaires. So we cut the corporate taxes from the highest point is at 52, 53 percent in 1992 to now around 27 percent. We get told that uh, it is okay that we must increase the VAT to further punish those that were waiting for the transformation of society to benefit the black people. What do we do? We then uh, 
import all of these uh, crazy policies, inflation targeting of between 3 and 6%, which is can or which can only be attained when we're using the blunt instrument of high interest rates to keep the inflation under under check. I'm not saying that inflation is not important for the poor and the working class, but just imagine us fighting an inflation of 7.4% and increasing the interest rate to 9.2%, whilst our unemployment rate is at around 45%, over 53% for black women and around 75% for the youth between the age of, of 15 and 24. The Americans, when they were facing a total destruction of the Second World War, never embarked on similar macroeconomic policies. They embarked on expansionary ma uh, um, uh, fiscal and monetary policies that aided their economies to to industrialize. South Africa, too, have a history. Post the First World War, we didn't embark on this austerity program that the ANC government is pursuing. There was expansionary policies in that process. There was a tolerance of a higher levels of GDP to a to debt ratio. That was hovering around over 100%. And yet today, yeah. with unemployment of 46%, we are being told that uh, we must chase a, a surplus by 2024. Can you believe that madness coming from the, from the unfortunately, yeah. the government led by the ANC that was supposed to liberate black African working class in this country? What a shame. Yeah, the General Secretary of SAFT. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but thank you so much for making time for us. It's four o'clock. It's time for the news. When we come back, we continue.